Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Is Dan Rosen, senior writer for NHL.com. Dan, thanks so much for joining us and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you guys. What's the, what's the statute of limitations on Happy New Year's? Well, we, because it's a new hockey season, it's a whole new year for it's us. A, it's a Great very point. happy new year. That's right. <laughs> well, Dan, we are, gearing, we are gearing up for Blues Avalanche tonight. We're so excited about the start of the season. And looking down the road, most people from NHL.com, most people around the league, I think including you, picked the Colorado Avalanche to be the Stanley Cup champions. When you look at the construction of this team, what do you think it is? is about them that makes them so lethal that you would want to pick them as the Stanley Cup champions? Well, they're lethal at the top, uh, obviously with McKinnon, who I think for my money right now uh, is the best player in the league. And I'll hear the arguments for Connor McDavid all day long. I just see the way Nathan McKinnon plays in all three zones, the doggedness, you know, the ability to blow past guys with power or speed, the acceleration, the skill, um, I just think he's the best overall player in the league right now. So you have that going for you uh, with a, you know, with, with Ranton and Landis as well. I love Kadri, the addition of Brandon Saad, he's going to fit perfectly into that lineup. They're deep on the back uh, up front. They're very deep on the back end. So deep. In fact, that Bowen Byram, who may be the best defensive prospect around right now, he may not crack the lineup, and, and he, he's a terrific uh, young defenseman, and, and I think you play on a lot of teams right now, but he might not crack it there. The one question mark is obviously in goal, but I think that's more of a health question mark than it is anything else because Grubauer, Philip Grubauer was their number one. He got hurt in the stadium series game last year. Then he got hurt in the playoffs, uh, and he was unable to play. And then Francu got hurt, and they had to ride Michael Hutchinson against the Dallas Stars uh, for games five, six, and seven. But uh, I think it's a health question more than it is a can he do it question because Grubauer has been around a little bit, and he's been through the playoffs as a backup, but he's seen it happen, and he won the Stanley Cup with Washington. And I think their goaltending will be fine if he holds up and he's healthy. I just, I mean, top to bottom, front to back, speed, depth. To me, they got everything going for them right now and terrific coaching, too. Uh, so I, I really just I look at it and I just say, man, uh, I, they're the team I want to watch and they're the team I think that's going to win it all. Dan Rosen, NHL.com with us on 101 ESPN. And Dan, since the Blues won game seven of the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago, they've lost Pat Maroon, Jay Bomeister, Alexander Steen, Alex Petrangelo, Jake Allen, and they won't have Vladimir Tarasenko for the first two months of the season. Yet we are reasonably optimistic here in St. Louis. What do you think of the 2021 St. Louis Blues? Yeah, and I think you should be optimistic because they're good, right? I mean, you, the list of names you just ran down is incredible, but it shows you the, the turnover in, in a cap league, number one. Uh, it shows you how difficult it is to keep Stanley Cup champions together. But 
they still have a lot of Stanley Cup champions together on that team. I mean, led by Ryan O'Reilly, there's no question about it. And if your number one center is going to be a guy who plays as good in the offensive zone, I'm sorry, as good in the defensive zone as he does in the offensive zone, then you've got yourself a real good chance, I think. And because it's so important to be able to win those face-offs, to be able to put your number one center out there in the D zone for face-offs and know that he's going to finish the shift in the offensive zone, that's how you roll your lines over, and then you're playing more in the offensive zone. I think that's going to be so important for them. Pareko is a legit number one right-handed defenseman, and so he takes over for Petrangelo. They added Tori Krug. They're they're still a tough team to play against. They have some snarl, and I think the division helps them. I really do. Uh, The toughest teams in that division are Vegas and Colorado, and after that, there's a lot of points up for grabs when you think of Minnesota, San Jose, Arizona, LA, and Anaheim. So I think they're going to be right there in that top three. It's a pretty three, it's a three tier division with Vegas, St. Louis, and Colorado at the top of it. And then I think you go Minnesota, Arizona in the middle and San Jose in that group too. And then LA and Anaheim are the bottom tier. And I think St. Louis is fit perfectly right there to finish in the top three. Dan, one of the questions that a lot of Blues fans have is about goaltending. Now that Jake Allen isn't with the team anymore, they look at Jordan Bennington and they wonder if he can replicate consistently even a fraction of what they saw in that run to the Stanley Cup championship. And the evaluations of Jordan Bennington nationally are all across the board. So I'm just curious, when you look at Jordan Bennington, what do you see? I see a goalie who's sort of a, you know, he's a gamer. Um, I don't see Carey Price. I don't see Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, I think, you know, those are the top, some of the top end guys in the league. And I think Bennington might be, you know, a notch below them. But I see a guy who, with a team that, that knows its system and plays it well in front of him, is a gamer and he's going to make saves and he's going to have the confidence and he's going to win a lot of games because that's what we've seen from him. He hasn't had to be the guy that just takes over and runs with it. He has done that, but he hasn't had to be the main factor. I mean, when they took off in the year they won the Stanley Cup, everybody started playing well, including Jordan Bennington. Uh, And that's the key for the Blues. And I think it's the key for any team this season, to be honest with you, just to to make it a league-wide look. I I think one of the most important things for this season in terms of success is the teams that know their system and know how to play it and play it well and are used to it, they're going to have an advantage. I think of the Blues as being that team. I think of the Islanders as being one of those types of teams as well. Um, the Blue Jackets as another one of those teams. Not, not a lot of deviation in how they play. And I think that's going to be so key as these games come fast and furious and practice time is so few and far between. You mentioned Colorado, and we've talked about the Blues, and the other team you mentioned in the the Blues Honda division is the Vegas Knights with Alex Petrangelo, and they have so many good pieces, and they've knocked on the door and just haven't been able to knock it down yet, and you just mentioned being able to play within a system. I would think Petro will fit in pretty well there, but what's your read on the, the Vegas Golden Knights as we head into the season? So I think they're good. Like I said, I think they're a top three team. I think they're a Stanley Cup contending type of team. But I have two questions. The one question is, you know, just who's their number two center, right? Because they had to, in order to free the cap space, they, to get Petrangelo, they had to trade Paul Stastny, who was fit perfectly as their number two center. Now it's sort of like a mixture of a, a Chandler Stevenson and a Cody Glass. And Cody Glass, I think, is the guy that they want to take it. But can he do it? or is Chandler Stevenson going to have to be a placeholder for a while? 
I think it's a legitimate, fair question when you talk about center depth and how important it is. And the other question I have is, there's been a lot of turnover. A couple of years ago, when Vegas came into the league, we all loved them. They were the golden misfits, right? I mean, everybody loved them. Now a lot of those players are gone, and they've changed things out, you know, and whether it's adding Pacioretty or Stone or now Petrangelo, Robin Lehner, whatever it may be, how does that impact the feel in that room, the look in that room, and all that stuff? I think that's going to play a role here. I do. I, I, I'm not saying it's going to be a negative. It could very well be a positive. But, you know, they had to move out a guy like Nate Schmidt in order to sign Petrangelo. There's no question Petrangelo is a better defenseman than Nate Schmidt, and that is an upgrade on the ice. But Nate Schmidt was so vitally important as sort of like a locker room guy, the fun guy in the room, the leader in that room in terms of, you know, keeping guys loose. That element, somebody else is going to have to take over for it right now. And those are small little details that add up through the course of a season. So a couple of questions there for Vegas. But they're on the whole, I mean, they got a lot of talent, a lot of depth. Dan, who's a team out there that a lot of people might not be picking to win their division or contend for a Stanley Cup that you think could be dangerous and that we should keep an eye on? No, I think Montreal. I think Montreal is going to win the, the North Division, mm. um, the, you know, the all-Canadian division. Uh, they added so much in the offseason to better themselves. Uh, less of Carey Price is going to be more of Carey Price, in my estimation. Jake Allen, the perfect guy, as you guys well know, uh, to, to play with Carey Price. Uh, get Jake Allen a few more starts. Give Carey a few more rest days. Jake can win some games for you. And Carey's going to be better in the long term. Um, you know, Tyler Toffoli was a great addition, adding to their scoring punch up front. Joel Edmondson was a good addition on the back end. Josh Anderson, you know, I mean, he's just a powerful force uh, of a player. So they, they have a lot of power. They have a lot of speed. And they have terrific goaltending and great depth. I, I, honestly, I look at it and I say, not a lot of people would pick Montreal. I am to, to finish first in that division. A lot of people are looking at Toronto and sort of a chalky type of pick. But I like Montreal and all those additions that they made. Although it does fly in the face a little bit of what I said before with how important it is to know exactly how you're going to play, your systems and all that. But they, they didn't add young guys. They added, they added veteran players who, who know how to fit in. Hey, Dan, a couple more quick things. Number one, when the Blues did win a couple of years ago, if you looked at that roster, Jaden Schwartz, Vladimir Tarasenko, Petrangelo, Bo Meester, Jake Allen, Perron, all brought here under the leadership of John Davidson. And we got really excited by what Davidson was able to build here. He goes to Columbus and does the same thing. And now I, I look at the Rangers, and I read your your piece about potential breakout players. He's doing the same thing as he oversees the Rangers, John Davidson is. If people don't watch a lot of hockey, the Rangers are going to be a fun team to watch. Yeah, maybe I think J.D. might just be saying to himself, I'm going to stick this one out and see if we can win a cup and I'm actually here for <laughs> right. it. You know? <laughs> um, no, I mean, he obviously, he's done, what a career the guy's had, number one. Uh, he's a Hall of Fame broadcaster. He was a terrific goalie, and now he's a terrific executive. Um, he, he definitely built that St. Louis team. Uh, he built the team, that you, you know, helped build that team. You're seeing Columbus that's dogged and hard to play against and always in the mix. And the Rangers are a fun team to play, They're a fun team to watch. There's no question about it, and a hard team to play against. They're still young. They'll probably be the youngest team in the league. They got great pieces. Mika Zibanejad's an elite number one center now. Artemi Panarin, we know about him. Uh, I am so curious to see, you know, how does Alexi Lafreniere, the number one pick in the draft, how does he jump into the mix and, and make an impact? Will he be able to make an impact? Got to remember, 
normal year, Lafreniere would have been drafted, gone to development camp, played in a prospects tournament, had a full training camp, five or six exhibition games. He had none of that, right? So it's uh, going to be a little bit of an interesting thing to see how he jumps right in. Capo Caco was the number two pick in the draft two year, last year, you know, or two years ago now. Uh, he's going to get a top six role at the start of the season. Can he hold on to it playing with Artemi Panarin? Keandre Miller, who was a first-round pick three years ago, is now going to play top pair minutes in his rookie season with Jacob Truba. So there's a lot there. The goaltending is exciting. But I still think the Rangers might just be a year away from really showing exactly what they could be because they're still, you know, they're still bringing in so many young players into the lineup that they need to rely on. Last thing for Dan Rosen, senior writer from NHL.com. You got a chance to hear Gary Bettman and Bill Daly yesterday in regards to COVID-19. We're seeing what's happening with the stars, 17 different people dealing with COVID. With your knowledge of the protocols and what you've seen so far, what's your confidence level that the NHL will be able to pull this off? Well, I'm confident. Um, I am very confident. You have to, you know, look, it's going to be a fact. It is in every sport. It has been in the NFL. It was in Major League Baseball, and it clearly is going, you know, has been already and will continue to be in the NBA. It's a factor. You can't ignore it. We're not in a bubble, uh, so it's it's going to play a role. But there's there's hope that guys are going to follow the protocols and be caught, be precautious. And, and what we saw was 27 positive tests out of God, I don't remember how many over 12,000. 12,000. 12, right? uh, yeah, in, in training camp. So that's a that's a low percentage and 17 of those came from one team. So I am optimistic based on those numbers. And I'm also, you have to remember there's, there's schedule flexibility. So May 8th is the last day of the regular season. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it's May 8th, but three days later is the start of the playoffs. July 9th is technically the last possible day of the Stanley cup final on the key on the key dates calendar for the NHL. But the draft isn't until, or the expansion draft isn't until the 21st. So you're looking at an extra 14-day window, basically, that you can use if you have to postpone or push games back or do whatever you may have to do. And if you really need to, because they're not really setting up a venue for the draft at this point, you could push the draft back if you had to as well. So there's a there's schedule flexibility there. And I think these guys understand exactly how important it is to have a full season. And I'm optimistic that we're certainly going to, you know, we're going to get it done. I mean, a lot of people didn't think they'd be able to return to play and get a Stanley Cup handed out last year, and they were able to do it. So optimism reigns. Dan, we love what you and everybody does at NHL.com. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it and enjoy the season. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. 
And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.